0: I ask God that you would empower your people to have the strength and the courage to live a life that brings honor and glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I know I just remembered the other announcement that I had. I've talked to some of you here about being willing to give your testimony. Um, And I know some of the people I've talked to are not here. Um, I would like to start doing that next Sunday. So if you're here today and I've asked you to give your testimony, if you had talked to me real quick after church, because I'd like to get at least a couple people lined up to do that. Um, so I just think there's power in testimonies, and I want people to get to know more people than just me. <clears throat> okay, so I wanted to make that announcement. Now, the next thing is, this is one of the least prepared messages I've ever given.
1: <clears throat>
0: it's second only to the time that my cousin was supposed to preach on a youth Sunday at church and his wife was pregnant. And um, we had joked the entire time leading up to it that she's gonna have the baby right before it. And you know, surely it'll be days before, right? You know, Plenty of time to prepare and I'm a late preparer. So it kept coming and we kept joking about it. And the morning of at like eight o'clock in the morning, he calls me, I'm thinking, right? Churches at 10. I'm thinking, okay, that's what this is about. He actually called and he's just like, hey, um, what time are you going to get there? Because we had to get the kids together. They're doing a skit. They're doing all this stuff. I said, I'm going I'm I'm to get there whatever time. And we talked about it. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. I said, I thought for sure you're calling but hurry. He's like, no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. And then we got to church. <clears throat> we got through Sunday school and we got into literally during the they did worship and then the, the kids led worship. And then we had like three or four kids giving their testimony And during the kid's testimony time, he tells me that his wife's having contractions and she's standing at the back of the church like fanning herself like this. And and I'm not exaggerating when I say the last kid is giving his testimony and Brandon walks from this side of the church to me and he's going like this. I'm like, what? He goes, her contractions are four minutes apart. And he walks over and he flops down in a chair and he looks at me and I'm like, you gotta go. And he's like, I gotta preach. I was like, don't worry about it. You got to go. And he's like, I don't know what to do. She's telling me that if we don't leave, she's going to have the baby in the church and she doesn't want to have the baby in the church. And he's like, I'm like, Brandon, you you need to leave. And finally his dad is sitting like across the aisle and he leans up and he goes, Brandon, you got to (laughs) go. And he literally gets up and gets his wife and they're walking out the back door and I have to walk up on the stage and figure out what I'm going to say. So that one was less (laughs) prepared than this one. But I'm going to do some verbal processing with you guys today, um, things that have been in my mind and in my heart, and, and I do have some scripture that I want to tie into it. I am going to talk about fasting. Um, I have mentioned a couple times, I keep forgetting to consistently mention it, mention it, but I would like the church to join together in a fast. I will talk a little more about that um, as we go along here. I started preparing this week. I was just gonna jump back into Acts and I went to where I left off and I spent uh, up until like Thursday, like getting into it and I couldn't find the groove. I usually get in a groove when I study and I just couldn't find it. The, the message just was not coming together and Thursday I went in Walmart, which I don't like to do, but I went in Walmart and I have a conversation with a guy um, who is manning the self-checkouts, you know, because nobody checks you out anymore. And I ended up standing in the self-checkout at Walmart for like 20 minutes having a religious conversation with this guy who listens to our messages online, but he's never actually been here. So he recognized me from just seeing me in there. And then then at work Friday, I had this conversation with these ladies that work in the the office that I was in. And then Desiree and I have been talking about just sort of looking back over the year in review from a church perspective and a life perspective. And for me, this is the hardest Christmas I've ever had in my life. We've made some really hard decisions this year. We put my mom, as a lot of you all have heard me say, we we had to make the decision to put my mom in a a nursing home. Um, She no longer knows me ever. I think sometimes she knows Desiree. We went and got her uh, for her side of the family Christmas, She didn't know anyone. Um, That was hard. We lost my aunt this year, who was like the lifeblood of the Smithy family. Um, The most fun, the most wild, uh, the most religious, but the most crazy. You never knew what was going to come out of her mouth. And, And we had Christmas at her house, so the Smithies, we didn't do a Smithy Christmas, which I have never not done my whole life. On top of that, you have my kids who are at that age where it's like, what do you want for Christmas? There's no excitement for Christmas for my kids. And so Christmas was just hard. And on Christmas Eve, we had a baptism service and two people, I say out of my house because one of them's dating my daughter, but she's the one who like came to Christ here and is the one who wanted to do the baptism service. And I loved it but in the back of my mind the whole time I was weighed down with all of this other junk so didn't really enjoy it. And so I look at church and I see real victories. I can name several people that I know that have really came around with Christ. Several people in my house. Also, by the way, I'll mention this because my kids aren't here today. My kids, we homeschooled last year because the school system, I don't know if you know, it's just not good. And it caused a lot of confrontation between my wife and my girls because my girls are used to being in the school system and now mom is trying to make them do school. And I got to the point where I was like, look, we have to put them back in school because you all are fighting constantly and they're fighting constantly. And so we made that decision. It's hard. But my oldest daughter, she's not here so I can talk about her. She's making a stand in the school system she has a teacher, in one teacher in particular, who is LGBTQIA+. It, did I get all the letters in there? I don't know at this point. She is that, and she has the pride stuff up, and she wears pride clothes. And if you come in her class with Christian stuff on, she makes you take it off. And then those kids, she has a tendency to write them up and do this stuff. And so my daughter walks in wearing a Christian shirt, walks straight to her desk and says, I know you don't like this. I do not care. I am cold. I will not take this off. Right off the bat. So now that teacher will put, when we, we can go into a portal to see our kids' grades, if we go into that class and look at her grades, it will look like she has incompletes. If you go into her side, you will see that they've been graded and they're complete. And I call me crazy. I think she's doing it intentionally to cause friction. She also had to write a paper about whether she believed in aliens and the only way she would do it is if she could use the Bible as her source material. So I I mean, in my own home, I'm seeing lots of victories. I'm seeing lots of, in fact, my, my wife said the other night, Friday night, I hadn't heard this, my oldest daughter told her she wants to be a missionary. So, so I see things happening, but then you have this other side where you know you, you get in this mode of feeling sorry for yourself and and um, letting things weigh you down. And the Christmas season's heavy all the time, anyways, right? Because my wife has basically no family anymore, so that that's hard on her. And as your kids get older and, and you lose that joy, so this season has been. Just one of of difficulty, and there's stresses on pastors and his family anyway, right? How do you, right? How do you walk the balance of with your kids with 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 doing all of the stuff? It's hard, and so um, in saying that, it's 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 the one thing that makes sense <laughs> the most in my life. So this week I was. I was trying to study this out and I couldn't do it. And I want to talk to you all about fasting. I personally, over the last month, have done a lot of inward reflecting. And, And I will say, in the last two years, God has really grown me up, if that makes sense. I'm the type of guy that I'm like always, I always feel like I'm just waiting for the next thing. Like I, I have a business that I'm working, but it's, it's not like I'm seeing it as a profession where I'm thinking long term. It's like I'm just trying to get through this week. <laughs> if I could just get this job done, I always say I wish somebody would say, hey, if you would lay this many yards of carpet, then you could retire, <laughs> and then I could just go and just knock all of it out and be done. I would like to do that in about a week, but... So I've been looking at business because I'm trying to make some decisions business-wise. I've been thinking life-wise, and I've been looking at myself as a pastor, like reviewing myself. And I will say, I think I've, I've gotten to the point where I don't feel like now I'm just checking off Sundays, where I really have gotten to where I feel like I am leading people. And I've really been looking at Jesus as that model. I know that sounds funny, but and that's what we should do, but really being more in-depth looking at his leadership style and trying to apply it to myself personally. And so I've made some decisions. I'm going to start, so we'll jump into the fasting thing. I would love you guys to join with me in fasting. I'm going to talk about a couple of the the biblical aspects of it here in a minute. Um, For myself personally, I'm going to start fasting tomorrow. Now, I will preface this. If you have not prepared and you're a coffee drinker, Take a little time and wean yourself off of coffee. The first time I fasted, I tried to just go cold turkey and it's torturous. So I have been weaning myself off of coffee, okay? Um, And maybe you won't have that perspective. Me personally, I'm going to go at least three days, all just water. I'm hoping for five, but my job is very physically demanding. I burn a lot of calories in a day. It's the last time three days was a... (laughs) I'm hoping now that my mind is in a better place and I sort of know what to expect. And so I'm hoping that I can get through five days. In saying that, in coming out of that, I intend to really change my eating lifestyle in general because I'm very unhealthy in my eating style. And so I'm wanting Jesus to invade my whole life And so my intentions is not to go back to drinking coffee consistently. And my intentions is to cut junk food out because it is a really bad habit. And, you know, it is starting to catch up to me. So I looked into fasting a lot and I jumped to first Corinthians because I want to talk to you guys about love. Okay. Because as a church body, love is what I want us to be focused on going into this next year. All right. So I jumped there, but I do want to read. I told you this is the least prepared, and it truly is. So I do have pages marked. Um, Okay, I want to look at Psalms here. Psalms 69, 10, I think is where I want to go first. Where is that? Good grief, I got so many pages marked. That's probably the one I didn't mark. Is that the one I want to go to first? Yeah, I didn't did I not even mark, see I told you, I, there, it is, there it is right there, look at that. Psalm 69.10 says this, when I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. I want you to think about fasting, so I'm going to do a food fast if you don't have health issues, if you, have, if you don't, if you don't have health issues, you have no reason not to fast. If you do have health issues that, that restrict you from fasting, let's say you're diabetic and you have to eat or, or hypoglycemic or whatever the fashion is you can fast from something else. Look at something that consumes a lot of your time, like social media, television, um, you know, name it, not work. You don't fast from work. I'm not giving you that. Randall, you can. The rest of you cannot. Um, <laughs> Richard can too, yeah. <laughs> but anything that sort of distracts you, and I know food doesn't seem like a distraction, but I promise you if you fast for three days, you're going to see how much of your life revolves around food. And you're going to realize like how many of you actually prepare the meals in your house. I'm, I'm not raising my hand, I just... Um, like, it takes an hour to prepare the meal and 10 minutes to eat it, and then an hour to clean up from the meal. And if you think about that, so I know you have, if you have kids like us, we still had to cook for our kids when we fasted the last time, so there's still going to be that. But what we should do is, is take that time that we would do that, whatever, if you would scroll through Facebook a lot, take that time and use it to focus on God. Um, Humbling ourselves, humble your soul with fasting. Joel 2.12 actually says something here about... um, There it is. Joel 2.12 says... Right there. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning and rend your hearts and not your garments. So it is a process of if we fast, if we take that time while we're fasting and switch our focus back to Him. I mean, that, that's literally what I was doing through the Christmas season as I felt sorry for myself. I was shifting my focus from Him and all of the things that He has done, the accomplishments that He has made, the people that I see that have gotten freedom, the things that are happening in my house have very little to do with me. If you hear some of the things that come out of my mouth at home, my family's mortified at me a lot of times. Last night, several times they just said, "'You are too much sometimes.'" So it is what he is doing, and and sometimes we let the world and things happening, work, life, politics, the economy, all of these things weigh us down and distract us from what God is doing or can do right in our midst. And so what I want this to be is a time when we focus on God together. I marked Nehemiah 4, one and Daniel 9.3 just because I want you to see um, Nehemiah 1, four says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before God of heaven. And I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those those who love Him and keep His commandments, let Your ear be attentive and Your eyes open to hear the prayer of Your servant that I now pray before You day and night for the people of Israel. Listen, this is where I'm going to get into the love side of things, all right? I want you to listen to Nehemiah, what he's saying here, and then you'll see um, it is Daniel 9.3. You see this thing where they he first comes and says, this is who you are, God. And I'm choosing to focus on you with fasting and prayer. But he says, "In you, O Lord of heaven, the great and awesome God. Right? We're, we're humbling ourselves because humbling yourselves doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. Although when you humble yourself, you will think of yourself less. Humbling yourself doesn't mean thinking that I'm a dirt bag and I'm real lowly. It means putting myself in proper relationship with God. That's what that is. I have, because of Christ, I have, I consider myself in a high standing. I, I, I can stand before a holy and righteous God, not because of anything I've done, but because of what Christ has done. And I think as church people, we get that mixed up. But then he says, let your ears be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer. And this is like, it's a sacrificial thing to appeal to God. Of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for the people of Israel. I want that to be our prayer. I I wore this shirt today intentionally. Because I literally want this to be the thing. I want it to be in a vase as it is in heaven. I want here in Avaz, when we come together, think about the, the times we get a glimpse into the throne room of God. It's worship. It's worship of God. It's the elders putting their crowns down and falling on their knees before him. It's the angels all around them singing his praises all of the time. That's that's what I want it to be like. But also, I'm going to get into love because God is love. And so that has to be the place that has the most intense love that you will ever experience in your life. And that's what I want it to be right here in this place. I want us to be the people that are fasting and praying and saying, for the people of Avaz and confessing the sins of the people, this is of Israel, which have sinned against you. Even I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted uh, very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments and statutes and the rules. Remember the word that you commanded. I want us to be people who are on our face and on our knees. I'll read Daniel 9. I actually read a lot more than I said. I start at Daniel 9, 3, and I'll read a little more. It says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking Him by prayer and pleas for mercy, with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So fasting somehow at least they think may god be a little more attentive to see you to hear you and to respond to you okay on the other side for me personally i want it to help connect me to christ and his suffering because i'm telling you right now that if we become the people that we're supposed to be there's going to be hard times there's going to be times of suffering. There's going to be times of persecution. There's going to be dark times. And so um, we actually watched a, a documentary about Kurt Angle. He's a wrestler. And it wrestlers like relish pain. They like... Exercise and work out to the point of pain because they know that when they get into the match, pain is coming and they have to be able to tune it out and do what they need to do in spite of it. I think as Christians, we need to get in that same mindset. That fasting becomes a lifestyle where we deny our flesh. It helps us fight sin. It helps us relate to Christ. It helps us endure pain because... I know, I know the prosperity gospel tells us, you know, that with Jesus comes all of these blessings. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. My life is super blessed because of Christ. But my bank account ain't. <laughs> if you look at the minivan we drive, all right. <clears throat> I hit a deer and it barely damaged it, but a raccoon just about took it out. <clears throat> <laughs> And I swear to you, do, if we hit another raccoon, it's just going to split in half and Desiree's going to go this way and I'm going to go that way. <laughs> anyway. But it ain't about that. Anyway. with sacri- I prayed to the Lord God and made confessions saying, O oh Lord, the great and awesome God, here He is. Here's Daniel doing the same thing. He's confessing his sin and he's, he's giving God all of the honor and all of the glory who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from Your commandments and rules. We have not listened to Your servants, the prophets who spoke in Your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers and all the people of our land. To You, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame. I mean, this is what we... We need the church in America to be doing this for America right now. I'm just saying. I don't know if you've noticed our politicians aren't paying a lot of attention to the gospel message. Let's see. That's Nehemiah and Daniel. So so whatever it is about it, they believe that when you fast, you become closer to God and it makes God more in some way receptive to hearing you, to being open to you and changing. But I think... It's a mindset that we have to get into. It's going to prepare us for hardship. It's going to get us where we focus more on Jesus. But I'm going to tell you this. The first time I did it, I did not succeed at that. Because what we should do is take the time when we're cooking food and eating food and and dedicate that to prayer and Bible study or worship or something, and I did not do a good job at that. I laid on the couch and felt sorry for myself and probably binge-watched a little more of whatever show we were watching, maybe The Office or something like that. Not something that really draws you toward Jesus. But in saying that, when it was over, coming out of it, I did feel closer to it. I did feel something happened and something shifted in my mindset, okay? So... What else did I have here wrote down? Oh, I want to read Isaiah 58 too. Not 58 too. I want to read Isaiah 58 also. <laughs> and I was going to read just a little bit of it, but I'm going to read it all, and then we're going to jump over to 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to read some of that, and we're going to talk about love. <clears throat> but Isaiah 58 is what pushed me to the to the love to 1 Corinthians 13. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sin. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask me righteous, They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Okay, so I want you to hear, I want you to really listen to this part because when you fast, it's all going to be about your heart posture. If you fast and you're just posting it on social media so other Christians will see that you're fasting so that they'll think, man, there's a good Christian. Or if you're doing it, Just because Jason Smithy got up here and asked you to do it, and it's not you pursuing God, you seeking something out of God just between you and Him, or if you're doing it just to look good, it's all for the wrong reason. And so what they're saying here is, why have we done this and you're not hearing us? Why have we done this? Mm. Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Okay, so listen to this, right? He's saying this is the reason that you do it. You you fast to loose the bonds of wickedness. So we're going to humble ourselves and we're going to pray for God because. I can't, I, can't, I cannot loose the bonds, I cannot undo the straps, but God can. And so it's my prayer, when I'm fasting, I'm going to be praying for the next at least three days that God will do this for you all, but not just for you all. I'm praying for the community of Avaz. Because if you look around this room where a church planted in Avaz vase, and is Carolyn the only one here who lives in the city? Oh, Emily and Alex do. We're not getting many people from the city of Avaaz. <laughs> okay, and it's not about numbers. Don't get me wrong. But this is, has to be our prayer. And he says, is it not for you to be able to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house and when you see naked to cover him? Jesus says that true religion is this, those who take care of the widow and go to prison and visit people, basically, right? How many of y'all have went to prison to visit somebody? Carolyn has. I have three cousins in prison right now, (laughs) and I've never visited one of them, let alone somebody that I don't know. Anyway. I guess Randall visits people in jail, but just because he's there, keeping them in there, (laughs) keeping them in line. Okay, so he says, this is the fast you're choosing to break the bonds to do this so that you can share your bread, so that you can bring the homeless poor into your house, so that you can cover the naked people. And then he says, then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and He will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst. The pointing of the finger. I just thought I'd let that hang there for a minute. Because we're good finger pointers. And... Speaking wickedness. I guess that's another one I should let hang there, right? (laughs) The church talks about sin all the time, but they very rarely talk about gossip and speaking wickedness. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places. Listen, that tells you you're going to be in scorched places if you're following God and doing what He's called. But what it's saying is that in those scorched places, He will satisfy your desire. Your desire will change when we change our heart and our mindset. And it will no longer be a bigger bank account and more a bigger house and a fancier car. It will be for people's yokes to be broken, for the wickedness to be broken, for people to be provided for, and... Um, you will continue to and make your bones strong, and you shall be wa- and like a watered garden, like a spring of water. Who waters do not fail, and your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Does anybody else want to own this as a church? in our families, in our homes? Does anybody else want this to be who we are? If you turn back your root from the Sabbath from doing your pleasure on my holy day... Hmm. That kind of talking right there is why I want us to give some testimonies. Some of y'all know my whole testimony and some of you don't, but I'm telling you, um, you you y'all know who Tim Hawkins is, that comedian who, his joke was always that, you know, he didn't like to give his testimony because he was never like a, crack addict or something. Is that what he says? Is he always like, those guys, they're power, they're testimony. So probably. I don't have that sort of testimony, but I can tell you some generational things that have been broken in my life that now my kids don't struggle with. <sighs> mm. And it has, it, it literally just has to do with me just choosing to follow Jesus and not care what people think. And when my kids come to me for advice and get tired of me talking about Jesus in the midst of my advice and they roll their eyes and say, I knew you were going to go there. I just don't care and I go there anyway. It's just a decision that I've made and and it's paying off. And so I'm going to jump into 1 Corinthians because in order for us to have the mindset that we just heard, we have to love people. And really... This is going to sound weird to you, but really, I have not really prayed for God to send a bunch of people into our building because I think we're building a foundation. But what I want to shift to going into this year is I want to shift to praying that God will send us people and not church people. I want us to make the shift. He can send people that have been hurt by the church. But I want Him to start sending us the people that the other churches don't want to deal with. And this is a dangerous prayer because I've tried to deal with those people. It's not fun. <laughs> I would love to God, for God to send us the alcoholics and the drug addicts. The sick, the afflicted, the possessed, whatever, I don't care. And it's because I believe that if we will put... Love into its proper place. The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out all fear, right? And I believe that if we get into this spot, if we get into where we love people and we're praying for people, that God, because I'm tired of the church praying, saying, God, we want you to show up. God, we're waiting on you. God, move. God's right here. God is right here with us right now. You might not see him right now. You might not feel him right now, but he's right here in our midst. How do I know that? I don't have to tell you it's because I feel like I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I can tell you it's because God is omnipresent, which means God is all places at all times. That's it. And God's heart, we know what God's heart is. It's that all should find salvation and come back to him. So we don't have to be sitting around saying, God, would you please move? God is right there. He's moving. He's doing things. We just have to jump in to accordance with it. And so I'm going to read 13, and then I'm going to touch on a couple things. Um, If you fast with me, with us, I'm going to ask you to, uh, because I think there's a couple different groups. 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to read all of 13, and I'm going to read the first verse in 14. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gift especially that you may prophesy i want to stop there i want to say i read a lot there and i talked about a lot of stuff but in joel 12 in joel 2:12 he says return to me and you do this through prayer and fasting. There's some of us that have gotten distracted by the world and by the, the hardships of the world. Maybe we've backslid. Maybe we've stepped away. Um, maybe we incrementally started doing it and now we're, we're feeling distant from God. If that's you, you're that group, I want you to really take this time, this, this time to shift your focus back and to really pursue Jesus just on an individual level. I want you to take the time of fasting, whatever it is, and every time, so if you are going to give up social media, every time you whip your phone out and you get ready to pull up your Instagram, Facebook, I don't mean, know what, whatever people look at these days. Every time you get ready to do that, I want you to put your phone down and I want you to take that opportunity, scroll through the Bible, take some time to prayer, to focus your, your mindset back on Jesus I mean, if you do something as simple as watching the chosen, it would help push you back in that direction. I want you to pursue Jesus. Okay? Because pursuing Jesus is pursuing love. And that's what 1 Corinthians 14.1 tells us to do, is pursue love. I want to take a second and talk to you as individuals right now. If you're married I want you to make a mind shift to pursue your spouse this year. To make it an active thing you're doing and not passive because it's too easy to get lazy. I've been there. I want you, if if you don't have a great relationship with your kids right now, to start pursuing your kids. I know kids like different things than we like, right? I, I don't care much about playing Fortnite on with a headset on on thing. Our Christmas thing, you know what we did this year? I I came home from church last week when I walked in the house. My kids were watching one of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies and it was actually the animated one, the TMNT one that they watched when they were kids. We ended up watching a bunch of Ninja Turtle movies. But you know where all my kids were? They were right in the living room with me. Just, Just do those little things that you could care less about you don't have to do them all the time. But take that moment and go in there if your kids got their headset on, they're paying no attention, go in there and say, hey, show me what this is about. Teach me something about this. Pursue your kids. Let your kids know that you love them. Your family members that you've become distant from, pursue love with them. Why? Let's go back to the Isaiah thing. When we're, when we're actively doing these things, when we're actively doing that, He says, then your light will break forth in the darkness. Not before. He says, when you step into these things, when you're starting to pray for this, when you're feeding the homeless, when you're clothing the naked, then your light breaks forth. And then, if you're in a spot and we're going to fast and you're going to fast, but you feel like, man, my relationship with Jesus is pretty good right now. Like I'm focusing on Him, I'm doing my Bible study, I'm doing the thing. I want us to double down on pursuing love. Because if I try to love in my own strength, it fails. It just does if I come in here and I love Ivan based on the way Jason Smithy loves, and Ivan says something bad about me, I'm probably going to start writing Ivan off. If Ivan commits a sin and I see it, I'm more likely to write him off. If he he fails in some way, we're much easier to cast him out. But if I receive the love of Christ and now I love Ivan the way God loves Ivan, I'm not going to let Ivan leave. And the reason I need you all to be on board with this is because I can't keep a rein on everybody. Because while I may have a close relationship with six or seven people, the relationship I have with Beth is different than the relationship Beth has with Carolyn. Beth will see people struggling that I don't see struggling. People will share things with me, they won't share with Ivan. They'll share things with Ivan, they won't share with me. And I need you guys to plug into loving people not as we humanly love people, but I need you all to during this time to focus on understanding God's love for you. And I promise you, when you begin focusing on how God loves you, God shifts something inside of you, and He starts pouring His love out through you. And on top of that, I want you to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. I want you to pray that God would show you what your gift is. I want you to pray that God would breathe life into it, that He would expose it, that He would reveal it to us so that we can engage with it and put it into action. Why? Because it says that when we start coming into into this thing with God, that then our light will shine in the darkness. And this world right now is dark. And I'm going to tell you that I had these conversations this week. I talked to a kid who told me this week, he's, I say kid, he's 35. No, he told me he's 35. Never voted in his life. But he's so sick of where America is right now that he's going to the ballot box in November and he's punching the ticket for whatever Republican's on there. And what I'm saying is, amen, good, but no, no, I'm just kidding. What I'm saying is he's got his hope in the wrong place. What I'm saying is that he recognizes that it's dark, that he recognizes that the world's in a bad place, that he recognizes that, but his hope is in the wrong place. And I want us to be a group of people I want us to be a group of people that love. That give sacrificially. That pursues. Because I've seen tons of church growth models. I've read the books. I've I've looked at it. I know... You know, there's, there's, there's ways to achieve it. And you see lots of them. But I think the only way it, it actually works, and when I say works, I don't mean filling a building. Because the gospel isn't about getting people in church, it's about getting God in people. It's not about me and you becoming just better people and being more... Nice and not saying naughty words. It's about me being dead and now I'm alive. It's about me living my life one way and now me living my life another way. It's about me having one thought process and having a new. It's about me having one desire and now having a different. And you know what got my son's girlfriend? It was the first baptism service she saw us do here. And Steve got baptized. And when Steve came up out of the water, all the guys were like hugging him and super happy. And she's like, what is this about? I don't understand. They seem like super happy about this happening. Like it's like they they love each other. I can see that. And that opened her to the gospel. And then she didn't receive the gospel from me in church. She received it from my son who was just telling her because she asked a question. (laughs) And I'm telling you, we we overcomplicate Christianity. We want to dig in and think about doctrine and talk about all this stuff, and we want to divide the church based on trivialities. And we really boil it down to what Jesus boiled down to. You love God, and you love others. And what you'll find is that when that happens, it changes people's lives. It changes people's lives when you're not trying to change people's lives, because it just becomes who you are. And I say that because (laughs) I can't tell you how many times my wife and I have been praying for people after church or meeting people to counsel with them. And when we leave, we're like, how did we get to this point? We didn't pursue it. My wife didn't marry a pastor right away. I mean, that's, you know, so it's an adjustment for, it's gonna be an adjustment. And that's why you need to pursue your spouse, especially if you're going to pursue God in a new way. When you love people, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. And I'm going to tell you right now, the church is hating on a whole group of people that need Jesus. We got to figure out how to love and to love properly, not in our love, but in His love. Y'all was just verbal processing. Oh, I wrote this down too. Pursue love. Pursue Jesus. Pursue your spouse. Pursue your kids. Pursue forgiveness. Forgiveness takes humility. Especially if you're forgiving people that don't deserve it. And can I say that? A lot of the people that you need to, you need to forgive don't deserve it. They're not asking for it. They're not going to change. They're going to keep doing the same stuff. And I'm telling you, for you, you need to forgive them anyway. Because if you don't, it doesn't hinder them and it doesn't hurt their relationship with God. But I can promise you, it not only hurts your relationship with God, it's going to prevent you from loving people the way you need to love people. So, we're going to pray. We're going to, got one more worship song. I'm going to pray. I want to remind you that We are open to pray for healing anytime you want to do that. We're going to pray for Randall before he leaves today as a group, so Randall, don't try to get out of here before we do that. (laughs) Paula's holding him down. (laughs) Luckily, his knee's not strong enough to get him out of the chair. (laughs) We're going to do that because we love Randall, and he means the world to us. Um, Don't forget, if I've asked you to give your testimony... Hit me up. And if I have not asked you, it's not because I don't want you to talk or whatever. I just know a few people who I think are willing to do it. And that's, that's something that it takes. And okay, so I'm going to pray. And if you want prayer for anything, if you want to talk to me more about fasting, I would be glad to do that. Um. So, in saying that, I know that I'm going to start in, like, and I'm going to fast three solid days, but I know, like, I think Jamie Cox had talked about he's going to fast multiple days a week, like every week of the month or something. So, there's lots of different ways to do it. Don't feel boxed in in any way. Just, just let that be between you and God. I'm not even going to ask you if you're doing it. If something great comes out of it and you want to share it with me, I would be glad to hear it. And that might be a great testimony later. But anyway, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. God I thank you for what you're doing in our midst. I thank you that you're bringing people here who who love you, who are pursuing you God I right now I pray a special blessing on everybody that is receiving this word. I ask God that as we go into the month of January, a whole new year that we would start it with our focus fully on You. That as we go into this fast, God, that You would use it to propel us into a, a deeper relationship with You. God, I ask that you would take those who have drifted away from you and that you would pull them back closer to yourself, that, that you would grab us by the chin, that you would raise our eyes up, that you would fix our eyes on you. God, if there's, there's people in this congregation right now that have unforgiveness in their heart, God, that I ask that as we go into this month, that you would just hammer them, just hammer them with it, that you would just, God, I, I'm, I'm being serious when I ask this, like, God, if there's something in us it's keeping us from you. I want you to reveal it to us, God. If there's something in me, if there's something in me that's preventing me from being who you want me to be, then you call it out. You bring me to my knees in this month, and you you reveal it and you remove it. God, I ask that as we go into this month, that if as we go into this time of fasting that if that if we're struggling with loving people and seeing people as you see them that this is a time that you would begin revealing your love for people to us God I ask that the holy spirit would would be given more freedom inside of us to to better control us and to guide us and that he would become a conduit that your love would pour down on us and that we would pour it right back out of us onto other people. And God, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm asking you to send people here for us to love. I'm asking that you would empower us with your love and then you would send people Who humanly are unlovable into this congregation, people that need freedom, people that need deliverance, people that need, who people who are dead in their trespasses, that need to see the freedom that is in Christ. I ask that you would send them here, but not just send them here, God. I ask that as each individual here, that you would put them in our path. And then that you would give us the boldness and the words to say what needs to be said and to live the life that we need to live. And right now as we come together and sing this last song, we're coming together in unity as one body to lift our voices up to you, the only one worthy of all of our honor and all of our praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.